What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Whiskey Sessions Podcast. This is episode 71. What's up with you, B-Pimp? I'm loving every minute of it. Yes, we have a, I'll dare say it, a kick-ass episode for you today. Uh, Not only do we have a whiskey to try, um, but we're going to be talking about our top five meals. So this is this is the real deal. I like eating, and eating would I would say is one of my favorite things. So this is like a, a serious consideration went into this. How about you, B Pimp? Oh yeah, I thought about it a lot. Yes. Um, I think it's an impo- it's one of the great joys of life. It's being able to have a nice meal that you really enjoy. I I could not agree more. But before we get to that, and before we try our whiskey. Be pimp. I've heard something is bothering you. Yeah, you know, every once in a while, I just get uh, I, I have an inspiration about something that's that's been bothering me. You know, it just comes in. It's almost like I can't even stop it. No, you get a little bit heated. Yeah, and it's it's like I I just get these these angry rants coming in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't stop them. I think if you've got that rant in you. You gotta let it out. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go with the inspiration. I feel like like Chicago. Exactly. Wait, the inspiration of Chicago is what? They had a song called "You're the Inspiration." Oh, oh, like the band Chicago. Yeah, that was a, a deep cut for all the Chicago heads out there. <laughs> wow, I was like, what is the inspiration for the city of Chicago? <laughs> You know, that's one of my... You see, this is exactly what happens. Well, okay, but I will say this. The inspiration, maybe not the inspiration for the city of Chicago, but something very prominent about the city of Chicago, especially early on, is the animal factory. The meatpacking industry? Oh, thank you. Yes, the meatpacking industry, where there is a lot of beef. And maybe that is part of the inspiration for this segment. I think it is. Uh, I, I have a beef, and it's Bee's Beef. Bee's Beef. All right, cue the theme song. I don't eat meat, but I've got beef. Bee's Beef. Bee's Beef. The northeastern United States is out of control. Yes. There, there are too many states jammed in there, and it's too confusing. Other parts of the country, you can go Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, Wyoming, Wisconsin. It's, you know, Ohio. Uh, up in the Northeast, I can't make heads or tails out of what's going on up there. No one actually knows which one is Vermont and which one is New Hampshire. Nope. If someone claims to know, be wary of that person. Depending on the day slash month, I'm alternately more surprised that Boston is north of New York City and vice versa. I've never met anyone from Maine. So I think the solution is we scrap it and start over. Less squiggly lines and small states, more big ovals and squares. I 100 thousand percent agree with this first of all no one is from maine you are 100 percent correct in that i'm i haven't met them if they exist i i you know it's like if a tree falls in the forest can you hear it i don't know yeah and you know what this is the sadder part i actually do know the difference between vermont and new hampshire or new hampshire but why am i letting that take up any space in my brain it's basically like one rectangle, and they made them into two states. And it's split in a weird way. And how am I supposed to remember that? No, it's ridiculous. You don't need them. Did you know Delaware is a state? 
Yeah, uh, Delaware. Dover, that's the capital. I Maybe? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, that makes me angry now that I know that. Yeah, it's infuriating. The whole East Coast, but just basically everything north of Baltimore needs to be figured out. Now, which one is more north, Boston or New York City? Boston. Okay, so this that's true. It happens every year to me. I'm thinking about the Northeast geography, and I go, which one is more north? And then I look at a map, and I go, I thought it was New York one year, and it's Boston, and it just <laughs> keeps going back and forth every year until I die. Yeah, I've well, so I've never been north of New York on the East Coast. I've never been to Boston. I haven't either. So I, all of those baloney states... I haven't been to. But then you've got Maine, which is pretty big. It's like a toenail sticking off the top right. And it's big, but there's nothing there. And then everything else north or south of it is just squished in. Oh, forget it. Rhode Island? It's not even, like, part of it is on one side of water, and then it's like, it doesn't make sense. I've had apartments bigger than Rhode Island. I'm pretty sure Rhode Island is only exists because of Family Guy. Agreed. Um, This, a... Fine start to the bees beef segment because you you are a hundred percent correct. The East Coast needs to figure their shit out. Yeah, I can't guarantee that there will be any cohesive pattern to these, but there will always be something. Okay, if you could pick, let's say you had to take the entire Northeast and just it turned into three states, a little bit like the West Coast. What would your three state names be? I would go with top right, uh huh, middle, and a little bit less middle on the right. <laughs> I I like it. I mean, the last one's a mouthful, but I'm sure they could abbreviate it in some way. Yeah, it would be the anagram of that. So, like, whatever the first letters add up to. Yeah, a little less middle in the right. So, A-L-L-M-L-M... In the right, ITR. All mitter. Kind of rolls off the tongue. Our proposal for a new state. All mitter. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, all right. Uh, excellent bees beef. I've got a whiskey to try. A couple episodes ago, I tried the Quarter Horse Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey. For this episode, I have another Quarter Horse Whiskey, but this one is the Kentucky Rye Whiskey. So, um, for our loyal listeners uh, that check in every episode they know that i put the last quarter horse on the smooth train but there was a problem it's called quarter horse but the label has two horses on it yeah so we we decided that it's really everything for them is eight times what they claim right so we'll we'll see i mean that it's that same problem exists with the rye whiskey um but uh it's it's from owensboro kentucky and again, that's assuming I can read this font. It's very tiny. Uh, I'm, I have a little 50 milliliter bottle here. It's 45% alcohol by volume and 90 proof. But uh, yeah, the last one was a convincing, convincing smooth train. So let's see if the rye whiskey stacks up the same. I don't know good. that I've ever had a rye that I didn't like, so I'm really in, intrigued by this. I tend to like ryes too, although I don't know that they're ever like my favorite whiskey, but... Yeah, I'll see here. I love the... It, they're very um, aggressive with the spiciness. I like it. Mm-hmm. First sip. You were not wrong about that. Definitely got some spiciness to it. 
But it's not an unearned spice, and it's not a hollow spice. Is it a pumpkin spice? It's not a pumpkin spice. I already would have put it on the boot if it was a pumpkin spice. I would have. We would have heard flash shattering. <laughs> yeah, I would have been so upset. Uh, yeah, no, not a pumpkin spice. But yeah, some spice there. It's hanging around a little bit. A uh, little back of the mouth spice. But it's not. It's not like inflaming my nostrils, kind of like actually the last one did. It turned you into Andy the Magic Dragon. Yeah. Yeah, boy. I... Rise are challenging because they are. The spice is always forward. It so is. So it's. How does it finish? Is the question. It's a pretty smooth finish. I've had a second sip. But it's, yeah, it's so forward that it takes me a second to kind of get my bearings on it. But I will say, I enjoy it. I don't know that it's my favorite whiskey ever or my favorite rye ever, but I do enjoy it. And so, it's another quarter horse I gotta recommend. Despite the false labels, this baby is going on the smooth train. Hooray! Or hooray! Is that a pun? Yeah, it's hooray for rye's. Oh, I got it. We uh, went to a baby shower earlier today, and one of the activities was actually drawing onesies, or like drawing things on onesies. And so we drew a whale on a onesie, and our pun for that is whale fed. <laughs> uh, I'd buy that. Yeah. So we're not we're not beyond puns either. Have you have you started a baby uh, fashion wear business yet? I haven't, but kind of want to now. I think we can design I, some fun baby gear. You're off to a whale of a start with that one. Yeah, exactly. All right, we have a kick-ass top five list to get to. This was be pimp. Honestly, one of your best ideas. I'm glad you suggested it. It's bees, beef, and then meals. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I don't think beef is going to be in one of your meals. Unless no. it's a throwback. Um, no. I'll make up for it by having all of my <laughs> meals be meat-based. Yours is a meat a meat top five. Pretty much. Um, all right. We are talking top five meals. Uh, whether we make them or we buy them or we get them from a restaurant, whatever it is, uh, these are the top five meals. Um and without further ado, let's get to it. These are our top five meals. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, B-Pimp, what's your number five meal? My number five is Pita Barbecue, which is a local Mediterranean restaurant. And it is the falafel wrap and baba ganoush. Ooh, I love some good pita. They make a delicious falafel. Uh, the wrap is vegan, so I can get it, and that's a big plus for me. And I had never had baba ganoush before a couple of years ago, but now I love it. It's an eggplant-based, like, creamy dip for any of those of you out there who were like me and didn't know what that is. I also did not know what that was. And I think I'd had it before, but I didn't realize it was eggplant-based. It's just so good. It's like a real, it's cold, it's creamy, it's got like a lot of spice in it. It's delicious. Nice. All right, my number five is Indian beef or lamb curry. So I, I love this from a restaurant. Usually if it's from a restaurant, I'll get lamb. If I'm cooking it myself, I don't, I don't think I've ever cooked lamb before. But um, I'll use beef instead. 
but I just love a good Indian curry. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah, put some carrots in there, maybe some potatoes and onions, um, you know, other options. I kind of do sort of a white person curry probably, but it's it's just a comfort meal for sure. Yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm becoming, I'm getting better with it, but I've, I have a weak palate for spiciness. Mm, yeah. But I'm getting better, so I think I could try some more, like, spicy Indian dishes. I think my palate's probably stayed the same. I think my body reacts more poorly to spices than it used to. I'm a, I'm pretty good, because I think I just had years of never trying it, because I only ate potatoes and bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just so, potatoes and bread all the time. So it was just like, my body was, like, a cushy comfort landing spot for all these spices. Fair enough. All right, what's your number four? So Whole Foods makes a pizza that you can order, you know, on demand to get it made if you go there, and they have a uh, vegan cheese option. So their pizza, I found, is one of the best vegan pizzas I can get. Ooh, it's really delicious. I usually get garlic, mushrooms, and tomatoes as my toppings, That's and a good then combo. you get vegan cheese. It's a delicious pizza. How is the vegan cheese? What is it's the good. Vegan? It's just what's it made it's out? Di- of? It's just it's dia. Uh, I think it's um, I what well, maybe they don't use dia. They might make their own. Usually they're kind of like some kind of concoction made out of like nutritional yeast. Uh, sometimes they use cashews, like ground down cashews. Whoa! And they can get they can get it to a. Uh, it's never going to replicate like actual cheese because there's just it it can't be the same like stringy you know, pull apart kind of thing that real cheese is, but it just serves as like a binding agent for all the toppings basically. And it tastes fine. And everything else about it is so good that it's delicious. Huh. I I like the idea of cashews going into it too, because uh, one of my favorite things to Google, and I didn't realize this until sometime last year, but like Google how cashews grow. It is so weird. They're like attached to this like pepper or apple that only has like one little cashew nut at the end. It makes me think cashews should be way more expensive than they are. Not like they're cheap, but well, they're so delicious. And now yeah. I'm going to read about this afterwards, but that knowing that makes me think like yeah, it should be like it should be like three times the price that it is. I think so. There's like there's like a lot of wasted mass that goes into growing cashews. Well, then that makes me feel guilty about eating them. No, I mean, I don't think it really matters. Oh, uh, you got me on a... I might be a cashew... I might be a vegan who doesn't eat cashews. Oh, no, me. I ruined it for you. No, it's okay. I'm going to look into it, though. That sounds interesting. Yeah, do it. Google image search. Uh, all right. My number four is Mexican-style grilled chicken, which is so fucking good, I don't even understand it with refried can you give beans. Me, can you give me more on this? Like, how? what do you mean by Mexican-style? So... I don't know how they make it, but, like, there's usually a few, like, like, Chicago in the Pilsen neighborhood when we lived there, I I forget what it was actually called. It was called El Pollo something. It was a restaurant. It was on 18th Street. They, like, grill these chickens over just a huge, very hot and smoky grill, and then just, just chopped it. Like, they'll do it with, like, uh, like basically a whole chicken like that and chop it up and give it to you and just 
the spices and the grill flavor is perfect. And I can't, it's like one of those things that I couldn't possibly make myself either. Because I think you just need to have like just a massive grill that can get like a billion degrees. What 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 is the seasoning? I don't know. I mean, like, it's definitely got like a little bit of kick, but not too much. Um, like, it could be Lowry's for all I know, but it's, I, well, I think it's more complicated than that, certainly. But like a, like a tiny bit of garlic, a little bit of pepper. Um, I don't know what else would go into it. Just like some general seasoning salt. And it's just the ju- the juiciness of the chicken mixed with the seasoning and the smoky taste is just perfect. Uh, sometimes it comes with tortillas, which you can wrap the chicken up that way if you want. I like just eating it normal and having like some refried beans or something like that. Um, I'll, I gotta figure out the name of the restaurant, but I'll send you a link to it. It's on 18th and probably like Racine or something like that. Is that by Thalia Hall? Uh, yeah, really close. Um, although that place wasn't up yet, I think, when we were living there. Oh, really? It's that new? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, we were living in Pilsen like 2010 and 11. And I think Talia Hall is probably more like a couple years later. Is that how you pronounce it? I think I think it's Talia. Talia? Okay, yeah. that's good to know, because I've been there like five times and I pronounced it wrong. I could be wrong. That place is awesome, though. I haven't even been. I saw I've Tim Heidecker's uh, On Cinema live show there, Ooh. which was a great night. Nice. Yeah, so if you are down there and you decide to break your veganness for just one day, then I would highly recommend going there. It won't happen, but maybe I'll stop by and just tell them that you like it. That you could also do. I'm sure it'll make their day. (laughs) I think so. The the only problem with that restaurant, and this happened to me, like, I probably went there ten times. And four of those times, they were out of chicken. Wow. Damn it. (laughs) It's, like, such an unfortunate thing. Yeah, it's, like, that's a staple. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of all you have, pretty much. Uh, all right. Uh, what is your, what are we at? Number three? Yes, it is <clears throat> something that I have started making in the last couple of years because I am vegan and it is a red curry with chickpeas. Delicious. So I've wimped out on the red curry paste when I've made this, but my palate for spiciness has been improving recently, as I mentioned, and I kind of want to go a little overboard now. And add a lot more of the paste because normally it's it's good. It's got a little kick to it, but it's basically just <clears throat> broccoli. Um, you could put any kind of vegetable really in there that you want, but like you, there's like coconut milk and red curry paste and all these veggies and chickpeas, and it just becomes really good. And then I make rice in the instant pot and serve it over that, and it's a delicious meal. That sounds amazing. I have never really tried to do much with chickpeas. But I'd like to try a little more. Try to expand my cooking ability. They're just, they're good because they're um, they're not that hard to, like if you get canned ones, it's really easy to cook with. If you do it like the proper way, quote unquote, you're supposed to get raw ones and like boil them and stuff. But I usually get the canned. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's easy. They, they give you a nice like consistency to the meal if you don't have meat in there. So, so yeah, I've had a good time with those. Nice. 
All right, my number three is a half rack of ribs, <laughs> mac and cheese, and collard greens. Ooh boy! Yeah, uh, that's a that's a meal. Yeah, that is like. Sometimes I I don't mind fries instead of the mac and cheese, but mac and cheese. I love collard greens. I finally figured out how to cook collard greens, uh, like a few years ago, and um, I, I I really like ribs. What I like out of ribs from a restaurant is I don't like it when a restaurant doesn't put sauce on it and then tries to make me pick the sauce. Like, if you are confident in your sauce as a restaurant, put the sauce on the ribs. That's what I say. Yeah. Don't I mean, be like, they, we they, have these what's... four different sauces. Which one would you want? No, don't make me pick. Just have one really good sauce and put it on there. Do you think that just comes from them wanting to give people choices, or is there another impetus for and that? I'm, like, I'm okay with a restaurant saying, like, do you want them spicy or not? Like, that's fine if the, the, there's a slight variation of the sauce in terms of the kick. But, like, I don't want, like, a t- bunch of different options. Yeah, there's a, there's a good place in my honorable mentions that I'll come back to this topic on. But, yeah, there's a, there's a rib place near us that I really like a lot. It's Everett and Jones. Um, it has, like, pretty low Yelp ratings because people don't think the service is good, but those people can just go somewhere else. And I actually appreciate that it has low Yelp ratings because it means I the lines aren't like crazy. That's good. Yeah. So more for me. All right. What is your number two? My number two is Kuma's Corner recently uh, started making vegan burgers. Whoa. Nice. And they've got one called the Converge, which is a impossible burger with cherry tomato jam, avocado mash, vegan cheddar, a vegan roasted garlic mayo, baby arugula, and red onions. And it is delicious. Holy shit. Did you did you go to the Kuma's Corner that's on, like, Belmont? I haven't been to that one. There's one in Schaumburg, really close to where I live. Oh, so okay, I've gone okay. to that's... that one more often. But I know that that's that the original. A... That seems a lot more convenient. Yeah, it's just really close. If yeah. it was, if it was like even twenty minutes away, I'd probably just go to the original. But it's so close. Yeah, that's I mean, well. Yeah, you know that with Kuma's Corner, if they're gonna do a vegan burger, they're not gonna like fuck around. The only thing that's funny is that when I went there and found out that they had these vegan burgers, the bartender that sold them to me was complaining because she had been vegan, and she said our fries aren't vegan, so. You get it with edamame, which is really good. They make a good version of that. But she's like, our house dressing isn't vegan either, so you can't even get a salad with the house dressing. (laughs) So it's like going halfway. (laughs) But the burgers are really good. I like the idea of edamame as a side to a burger. I like edamame. It's good. They make it really... I mean, it's just... It's delicious, but... um, She was just kind of like, yeah, I'm glad we do this, but then we also like... You can't eat anything else here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, I feel like the Impossible Burger, which I haven't had yet, but I do want to try, is blown up. Yeah, they had an initial public offering recently that I missed out on, and they're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize they went public. Yeah. But it seems like every chain is trying to get them now. Yeah, KFC's got vegan chicken... White Castle's got vegan sliders. Burger King's got an Impossible Whopper. It's like so. What's crazy? The, what's the difference? What makes Impossible better than other vegan offerings? 
Because the reason is, that's a great question, most of the veggie burgers that you see out in the store were created for the vegetarian diet, which started much, or which became more popular much earlier than vegan diets. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them have egg. So vegans can't eat them. Oh, okay. So then the vegan, so then they had to go another step further and start making vegan-friendly burger substitute patties. And most of them were just kind of like loose. They fall apart. They're not easy to cook. And these impossible and beyond patties are very compact. They're much more closely, they much more closely replicate like the texture and look of an actual meat burger patty. Okay. And they're easy to cook with. So it's just kind of like an improvement on it. I see. They just worked on the technology till I got there. Essentially, yeah. And now they're growing meat in labs. So as soon as that becomes popular, I won't have to worry about it anymore. Oh, well, there you go. Um, all right, my number two is... So this is the one I struggled with. It's, I have two types of steaks, I guess, sort of in my number two. My main number two, what I put down first, is a porterhouse steak, like a steak for two, with potatoes au gratin on the side. That, like, is a great meal to me. Then Maggie reminded me that we had Kobe beef steak in Japan, and honestly, there's no other steak that's like that. So I might like that better than a porterhouse but at the same time, Kobe beef is like so expensive that it's almost hard to conceptualize as being a favorite meal because I don't know when I'll ever have it again or certainly can never have it regularly. So I think I'm going to leave Porterhouse as being what I'm putting in there. But it was it was a tough thing to wrestle with. What makes the Kobe so expensive? I So it comes from one region, the Kobe region of Japan. Um, it's what the cows are fed, um, which I don't totally know. They, I guess, massage the beef. Uh, it's, I think it's marbled in a certain way. It just like the beef itself is so, so tender and melts in your mouth to a degree that I've never had anything do that before. Like it just... The texture-wise is, like, almost inexplicable. Like, it doesn't feel like a steak hardly, but it's so good. This isn't a foie gras type thing where they feed a goose so much its liver explodes, right? No, if anything, I'm pretty sure the cows are treated better than they would be here. Okay, then that's good. I think. I mean, I'm not sure the Japanese have, like, the best, like, record on animal rights, but... I, I don't think it's they're treated any worse than American cows. Um, nice. I never is, knew. I always heard that term, but I never knew what it, what it meant. Oh, my God. It's good. Um, but, yeah. And I always love potatoes au gratin. I don't think I had potatoes au gratin for the first time until I was, like, 12 or something at somebody else's house. And I liked them so much, I was, like, upset that, like, I didn't even know this existed. This, like, combo. Of, like, creamy, cheesy potatoes. Why had I never had this before? <laughs> it's pretty simple. Did you stand up at wherever you were at and give this speech at the time? Yeah, no, I, I, I stood up, I left that house, I went to my house, and yelled at my parents. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, what's wrong, son? You look distressed. Oh, did you know about this potato sock run? <laughs> Why have I never had this before, ever? You've got, like, cheese on your face. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're down to it. What's your number one, B-Pimp? Okay, so my number one is my grandmother's recipe uh, for spaghetti and Italian sausage with... Well, the thing that it's with is not hers, but she just had this... My mom continued to make it at home for us when I was a kid, so it was my grandma's recipe, but it's angel hair pasta, red sauce, homemade, and then... The meatballs my grandma would make, or my mom used Italian sausage. Either one is good. And then Marconi bread on the side. Ooh, that sounds delicious. I couldn't eat any of it now, but it it is probably my favorite meal that I've ever had. It's the only real impediment that made me consider not going vegan was the fact that I couldn't eat this anymore. But, you know, in the end, I decided it was worth it. So Hey, you still got numbers five through two. Yeah. But, no, that, that does sound really good. It's great. It's just so, like, everything, you know, there's just certain things you have where everything is spiced perfectly, and, you know, it's just, like, it's it's just great. No, I can't blame you on that one. Does your mom still make it? Oh, yeah. Hmm. They have it. They have it at home. And then my mom makes good pizza, too, but she, yeah, that they that's still a regular. Nice. No, that's a, a good number one and a good nostalgia pick for sure. I realized I should have had some of my grandmother's food on this list, and I don't. You had, was it Lithuanian? Yeah, so, I put no Lithuanian food on this list. I, like, totally... That's kind of shocking. Yeah, it is a little shocking, but... I don't know. I guess I'll have to throw it on my honorable mentions. <laughs> 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 my number one is definitely not Lithuanian. Uh, it's wonton noodle soup, and... If we got to pick a side, I would love it with some salt and pepper Chinese chicken wings. Ooh, I have not had any of this. Wonton noodle soup, I think, is the perfect food. I, I don't even totally know what's in wontons. I mean, usually it's a mix of, like, pork and shrimp, I think. But, like, that with just, like, a perfect broth mixed with some bok choy and, like, these thin noodles that just cook in like a minute in the broth like you wouldn't even cook the noodles first you would make the broth pour it over the noodles and then you can as you are serving it the noodles will be cooked they're so thin and it's just delicious and it's very much rooted in a nostalgia of like going to chinese restaurants growing up and i would always 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 get that yeah that sounds good i mean i haven't i haven't had it but it sounds delicious yeah it's uh I don't think wontons are vegan, and I doubt the stock is vegan, but maybe they could do some impossible wontons. (laughs) There's some stuff that I just kind of, like, didn't have in my prior-to-being vegan life that I just kind of had to accept. Oh, well, I I missed out on that. (laughs) Yeah. All right, do you have any honorable mentions? I do have one. Um, There is... Well, actually, I have two. There's Demos Pizza which is in, there's a location in uh, Wicker Park in Chicago. And they have, usually on a day, if you just go in, they'll have three different vegan pizzas you could buy a slice from. That's a pretty good selection. Yeah, and they've got a Daily Demo, which is a shot of whiskey, a tall boy beer, and a slice of pizza. And it's like $7.99. Can't beat that. 
Uh, and then also, uh, True Barbecue in Munster, Indiana, makes a vegan Reuben. Whoa. That is out of this world. And they've got spiral cut fries that are really good. And when you go in to uh, sit down before you have your dinner, they give you a, a big like stack of barbecue potato chips and pickles. Is like their appetizer that they give everyone for free. Nice. So it's it's a nice, uh, it's a good place, good food. That vegan Reuben is outstanding. No, that sounds really good. I've got uh, cheeseburger casserole which is something that Maggie makes that's become, like, her staple meal to cook, and it, it, it feels like a very comforting food now. Uh, and then, because I totally neglected it, I'm going to put Lithuanian sausage with kugulis and sauerkraut. And then I thought of this recently, too, a big bowl of pho. Chili. I love chili. And then the last one is Zuni roasted chicken. Zuni is this restaurant in San Francisco, that does a really delicious roasted chicken that I try to replicate at home. It's where you would basically take a whole chicken, put it in a cast iron skillet, and then turn up the oven about as high as it goes, so like 500 or so, uh, and cook it that way. And it's delicious. I just didn't want to have two different chickens on my list. Have you read Zenku Chicken? I don't think so. I think that's like an L.A. thing, but it's an Armenian chicken chain that's supposed to be great. I have to check that out i don't know uh all right if you have a favorite meal uh something that you grew up with something that you enjoy now let us know uh you can hit up our twitter handle at at whiskey sessions or email us at whiskey sessions music at gmail.com and we'll read it on a future episode but we got to get to your emails now these are your emails you sent us emails to read emails and now we'll read them Alright, this email reads, Hey dudes, love the NBA preview, but what about hockey? Can I get a one minute preview for the NHL season? And this is from Simon in Calgary, Alberta. Do you, I mean, hockey's at this, the time this is released, well, I think the season's been going almost a month. So preview is hard to say. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I'll, I'll say this. You've only got two seasons to wait for Seattle's team. I cannot wait until the Sonics are back. What if they called the hockey team the Seattle Sonics? <laughs> I mean, I that would offend me. That would be that would be pretty great though. Yeah. Could, well, no, they couldn't they could do that because the original NBA team is the Seattle SuperSonics. That's true. <laughs> what if, what if the NBA team came back as the Seattle SuperSonics and they just named the hockey team the Seattle Sonics? That would work. I I think they could do that. It's sort of like a Bear Cubs thing. Exactly. Yeah. All right. That's a great idea. Um, if you have a great idea, go ahead and email us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. We'll read that on a future episode, but that is it for this episode. Be pimp. Do you have any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? Go Sonics. Go Sonics and Super Sonics. Exactly. All right. Until next time, this is Amen. Same peace out. Deep him. Bye-bye.